0: This episode of Doug's Open Mic is brought to you in part by Mystic River Acupuncture, ancient medicine for a modern world. Come down and try their safe and effective methods to improve your physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Use them for prevention or from quicker healing from injury and illness. Their clinic offers a wide range of services from acupuncture, Chinese herbs, therapeutic massage, cupping, magnet therapy, and so much more. Doug, you have a long history with Kathleen Poole, the owner. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about why she's uniquely qualified to help your listeners?
1: So I've known Kathleen for many years. She's a fellow musician. And as such, she's uniquely qualified. She knows the musician ailments. We do a lot of repetitive motions. And she's got some solutions for that. I've even seen her at various gigs that I've been at, taking musicians into a back room And uh, fix them up right then. Kind of repairs on site.
0: That's awesome. And uh, not only that, of course she can help. She has 30 years experience in the business. And um, if you're wondering, the clinic also has senior days and community acupuncture clinics. So really, whatever you're looking for, they can help. And whatever your situation is, they can help. The clinic is conveniently located in the city of Groton near I-95 Route 1 and Thames Street. For more information, call 860 448 6766 or visit them at Mystic
2: Welcome to Doug's Open Mic, a podcast spotlighting local
0: musicians, bands, and songwriters.
1: Hi there, DUG here on Doug's Open Mic. Got a new episode coming for you. We have Mark Douglas Barado here today with us, longtime friend. We're, part of the episode is going to be, I'm going to try to go back into the past to see if we can actually figure out when this thing all started. So uh, say hello, Mark. Yeah. Good to see you, Doug. Good, good, good. Yeah. So I, I ran into Mark down Perks the other night and uh, longtime Perks guy. And so am I. So we know each other. So, Mark, what we usually do, we usually kind of start off with the, the your early years. Like, when did you know? When did you start playing guitar? You know, why did you start playing? Yeah. And, you know, all that stuff well, that you've been asked a hundred times before. I
2: have, what? but you know, my story is not exactly the same as everybody else's story. Generally, at least the people I know, I came to it slightly later. I grew up outside of New York City um, in the suburbs, Rye, New York. New York. I went to High School New York. Um, my I have two older brothers. One's 10 years older than me and I still play with him and work with him all the time. They were both rock and roll guys.
1: Oh, we're going to talk to him. about we'll talked about him for sure. Yeah, well he's
2: he's a fascinating <laughs> character. He's uh, he's his own show as they say. He is. He is. Uh, but you know, I came to it a little bit later because I you know, most people get like a guitar early on or join a band in high school and thrash about or something and play the rock and roll hits. I didn't until I got to my first year of college did I even had a guitar, but um, I was in Boston uh, in college and I, I brought a guitar with me and started playing it there, not going to class or doing anything I was supposed to do, but I, cause I took to it very fast. I, it came easy and I was playing like a gigs almost that like six months later after I got a guitar, I had like a really some very you know bad experiences, but I tried to go out into the world and play. But, um, oh. so I came to it a little later than a lot of normal people, but I have been doing it for 30 years, you know, since then, like I've always said, it's been one long day since I first got the guitar. I've never really looked back, you know, and I always had an acoustic guitar and didn't, you know, wasn't in different phases of music or in a rock band or a metal band and then came to this. I was always this same guy. So,
1: so for those that don't know, Mark is one of those true professional musicians. I mean, a lot of the people that we have here just due to circumstances or whatever, you know, they have full-time jobs and they pursue music as their passion, as a hobby. There are not too many full-time music. It's not easy. It's not no. easy. It's um, but uh, the ones that we've had, Craig Edwards, we've had here. He's a full-time. Yeah, uh, and um, you know, Dan Westerly Stevens,
2: and the surrounding areas of Westerly. One of the things about Westerly is that there are a lot of very talented musicians and songwriters and, you know, in so many ways, just going to an open mic at Perks and Corks on a Monday night, there's always one or two things you're like, well, that's as good as anything, you know, but yeah, doing it full time, that's a whole different choice. And it doesn't oh, yeah. diminish anybody who doesn't do it because it's not some, I've, you know, learned over the years, it's not a, it's not an award or something like you're better than everybody. So you're full time. It's not that it's just generally who wanted to do it and who didn't. Cause there's certainly a lot of talent that can do it, you know? And I go out into the world, and there's a lot of things in town here that are better than you know the stuff that's out there, so
1: well, you have to have a certain mindset too and, and uh I have my own consulting of your income week to week month to month is going to vary wildly, and you' be and you're going be you have to be prepared for that there's a certain amount of like yeah to me
2: a lot of life is the squares on a calendar and filling those up are really important for the month ahead. You know, and you don't get much further than for me nowadays, it's four to five months ahead. You know, it used to be day to day early on, you know, but, um, yeah, you have to kind of have the stomach for my, you know, the great songwriter, John Gorka. Have you familiar? Yes. With him? yes Gorka, absolutely. Gorka has a song and a line in a song. That's really great. It's a, uh, you have to have a, a heart, for art's sake and a stomach for the business. And that's oh, kind of, that's yeah. kind of what it is. Yeah. You know? It's like, if you don't have the, if you don't have the, the backbone for it, it may not be for you. Cause it can be pretty scary and crushing, but at times the rewards I equate it often to like playing golf, you know, you hit a really good shot and you think everything's great. And you, the next shot you duff it into the, into the lake or something. And it's every shot is different and you feel humbled. Every day, by something you know, everything could take you off the track at any moment. So,
1: yeah, and you know, gigs and projects and everything else—they vary wildly. Sometimes, like you said, you just kinda, kind of, kind uh, of hold. You know, you're in some bar and nobody's listening to you, as loud, and and all they want to hear is covers. And, and you know what? That's what it is. There's your shot in the pond. Right? There yeah. You know, and then the next time you might go to the same bar. And, and a few people will listen to you, and some of your friends show up, and 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 you get a nice thing going, and it, it's it's uh you got on the green. I like the golf thing.
2: Yeah, it's a golf metaphor. Uh, for me, I, honestly, these days it's like I I uh, I've had at this point in my life like I'll, I have left like a huge stage opening for some heroes of mine. One night, and you know, a thousand seats, great gig, food backstage, the whole thing. You know, you feel like a real big shot, and the next night had a bar gig for three people, but that's the way it is. And they're equally at this point in my life. They're equally is, is interesting to me. Cause I don't take any gigs that I don't necessarily want to do. Nothing that like, you know, I used to play bars all the time when I started, but I play once a month in town here. And then occasionally like it's some places like sneakers or something when I'm around, but I like those gigs now yeah. where I didn't, there was a time where it could get really frustrating and overwhelming that you feel like people are just not getting what you're getting, but yeah, it's all part of the fun now. You
1: know where well, like are you I've based heard you out of? Before. Oops.
2: What's that?
0: Where are you based out of? Well, I
2: live here in Westerly now. Oh, okay. I grew up out in New- it's of New York City. At various points in my life, I had moved for a long time down to Florida and California. You know, like people do. But I've been here. I keep saying I've been in Westerly for three years, but it, I, it's been fifteen. <laughs> it all happened so fast, you know. But I love it here, and I love it here because there's so much great music. There's places to play. And there's a scene almost every night, if you think about it. There's Absolutely. somewhere you can go see some music. And there's some great, like some of my favorite songwriters anywhere live here. Like, uh, for instance, Sandy Allen. Sandy Allen. Is one of my favorites. Yep. Perf- just when he plays, I want to be there. I enjoy, like it's a thing I enjoy. That kind of thing. And there's a bunch of that around town. Phil Adams. Um, yep. Boy. well, Holy In yeah will uh he's great um will Evans, both wills uh, Brad Benzs yeah there's so there's it. so many and so like places like the tap room now where I'll get to yep. every couple months yep there's something interesting in there all the time, you know it's yep. not always my cup of tea, but it's it's definitely you could tell there's it's passionate and people the, who's doing it cares about it it's great, yeah
1: I know I was so thrilled the other day i Somebody called me up for a last-minute gig, and I was like, and usually I play it with Craig. But you know, I was like, Craig, can you play Friday night? And he was like, literally called me Wednesday for a Friday. He was like, no, I'm gone. You know, it like, So I looked at my contacts and go, hmm, Sandy Allen, would you consider playing with me at the Touch and Touch? Oh, and he nice. did. It, oh, was, yeah. it was great. Well, oh, that,
2: that's the, ch- the double thread about our, our friend Sandy Allen is that he's not only a great songwriter, but he also can play the slide oh he plays uh, lap steel and yep. and mandolin and you know he's just I had him sit in with me my last monthly gig at Perks and Corks last time I played there, and it was it's great. I forget also that he's that guy as well. he can just be that guy you
1: know? and the and the lap steel stuff i'm I've always been amazed that he and i've talked about this before he when he's the side man playing the lap steel, he knows his role. Perfect. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, he knows when to be soft. He knows yeah. when to be loud. He knows when to be quiet. He knows when to, you know... It's, you there's know.
2: a... there's a that's a skill set. It
1: is a skill set. You know, skill that's skill not a, just a thing that people are born Like, that's
2: a skill set of knowing and doing it enough to learn your, how to be that guy.
1: You know? To be the guy. Yeah. We need more of those guys.
0: Speaking of your Sandy Allens and, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, yourself, Mark Douglas Berardo... Um, Phil Adams and, and everybody, uh, the Wills. One of the best places in town to see those guys are Perks and Corks in the heart of downtown Westerly on High Street. Uh, Perks and Corks has live music six nights a week, open mics on Mondays nights, wonderful martinis, and an eclectic array of grilled cheeses. Um, they are one of the sponsors of the show, which is why you I'm got going it. into this no, weird that's, ad
2: pitch right now. That's accurate, and I not to interrupt, but I, Perks and Corks is done very good things for me because they allow me to kind of play whenever I want and run wild in there really actually. <laughs> and, uh, th- it's true. They, the thing, Brian Kilty who owns, you know, the, the, what he, he has committed to to music in that place. And I think that's great, you know, and it's, it can be loud on a Saturday night, Friday night, whatever, but it's also like people know there's music there, so they're going to come and it's great. And there's a lot of good things that are there, you know, that play. And we're so lucky to have that in Westerly. Yeah, honestly, you know, the Knickerbocker, where I play also, and I have a great affinity for, is great. But those are like, it's a bigger room for special shows. The tap room is great. They do it not every night of the week. And they're di- it's a different kind of vibe. So if you took Perks and Quirks out of the equation, essentially, in town, it would be a big hole, you know, oh, yeah. for, for music, you know.
0: Definitely. Um, will you play us a song? Sure. Yeah. Awesome.
2: I'll play a song. I'll play a, a number that'll wake me up today, because I woke up late today. <laughs> um... You were asking, you know, sort of where I started. Like I said, I got a guitar in Boston. I went to Northeastern University randomly. I had no, I just, it sounded like a city and a place to go, and it's a very big school. This was 1987, and uh, I got there, and basically I was supposed to be like a history major, and I ended up just playing guitar, and I found some dudes, you know, that were doing that too. And and so eventually the university and I uh, decided that, that wasn't the place for me because of my, my 1.6 grade point average. <laughs> and I ended up down in Florida. I went to school in Florida and finished down there. But um, I recently went back and I wrote down this song about those days. So this is called Boston. Looking back, I thought I knew
3: it all, 19 years old. Dropped off in the city feeling wild and bold. Wandering the Fenway with no money, no plan, but man, life had begun. I was supposed to switch trains at Park Place, but I did not care. Every day I was riding the red line up to Harvard Square with a guitar and a heart full of what I thought was poetic despair. Man, I was up for it all. Here I am all these years on. Of course, I'm wondering where the time has gone. Oh, Boston, you're looking at a very different man. And I'm searching for what I was back then. And I'm gonna walk in your streets again. Yeah. Mm-hmm got psychedelic cartoon children in the afternoon got them out on the streets and they are baying at the moon it was all so full of meaning then so maybe it was true but once you get that high you can only feel low i and meet the man in a mission hill alleyway you got me walking commonwealth avenue all the way to back bay the twilight made me long for my home again Even then, it was the loneliest time of day So here I am, all these years on Of course I'm wondering where the time has gone Oh, Boston, you're looking at a very different man Mmm yeah. I'm searching for what I was back then I'm walking your streets again Mm -hmm. Not sure I'd recognize who I was in those days So I'm searching every corner through the fog and haze For the unknown, unwashed soul lost to time and space gone now without a trace. So here I am all these years on. Of course, I'm wondering where that time has gone. Oh, Boston. And you're looking at a very different man tonight. Mm -hmm. I'm searching for what I was back then I'ma walk in your streets again yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Boston That was awesome Oh, thank you. Man.
1: So I grew up in Walpole, which is oh, right nice. outside of Boston. Yeah. So I used to, even in high school, I used to take field trips into Boston. Yeah. And I actually went to school in Boston for a year when I was between high school and college because I had to <clears throat> get my grades up a little. Yeah. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. Boston's great fun. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: Boston in the late '80s was a musical place, and it was overwhelming. There was some of my heroes were already playing there, like Ellis Paul and. Gorka and had Passim, the great club, like yeah. at least for guys with acoustic guitars. But I was not part of that. I was, you know, my first gig really ever was in a place called O'Brien's in Alston, you know that section of town. Yep. And I played for three old guys basically, and one guy turned around and gave me the finger in the middle. No. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but but another thing <laughs> happened that day that I've told the story before that I, the bartender came around. It was like a happy hour kind of gig, and I played like two songs, four times. Cause I, I didn't have any songs and I wasn't very good at all. And he came over and he said, Hey, I can't pay you for this. Cause you're not good. And I was like, ah, oh, that's, that's awful. And then he said, but it's true. You could drink some beers for free, you know, just have a couple of hang around. I was like, yeah,
3: no, I'm going to a- do this forever. Like, you know? I'll probably make more money that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: That always seemed, and it still feels like that. It still feels like you get some free beer out of it. I'm like, yeah, well, this is a great gig. <clears You know? throat> yeah. That's yeah, happening now.
3: Mm-hmm. It's nice. <laughs>
1: So um, this is a little off topic, but it's so I can't resist but asking. So so long time ago, t- tell the dynamite story. This story is one of my favorite stories. It, 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 the Statue of limitations is gone, I by. mean
2: I don't know that it is. The Statue of limitations <laughs> is gone, but I will tell the story briefly. And it's not you know some things. I am professionally a you know a, a makeup story artist. So, but this is somewhat true, and it happened when I first moved to town. Um, Actually uh, moved and to a house in Pocketuck and it was near the river, just up from Mechanic Street. You know where that is. And uh, <laughs> it was one of my first nights out in town, and I met a guy who said he worked at the quarry. And uh, I don't know. We got to talking, and we got to drinking, and we got to you know talking some more. And he's like, we started talking about dynamite, and I said, yeah, let's. If you can get some, let's blow some up. And he said, I can get a stick of dynamite. I have it in my shed. And I said, well, I... It like a bad
1: idea already. Yeah. Dynamite and alcohol. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> and, it, it, you know,
2: looking back, it's, it was, it's, it's a crazy scheme, the whole thing. But he... Um, so somehow we ended up back at my place and I had this big sort of backyard. There's no one on either side. There was just trees. And in the back, there was nothing. Um, but it was like a neighborhood. But I thought that blowing up a stick of dynamite was like a big M80 or a firecracker or something. And it turns out it is not like that at all. It is a bad bad idea it we he did the thing like the cartoons the little the little wire thing with the little you know I I was hoping it was be the um the plunger the little plunger but it's a little twisty deal you know it's a little cap twister and um he we set the whole thing up and it exploded and it reverberated and it was so bad that I felt everything shake and he ran I never saw this man again <laughs> in my life. He made a run for it, and it was almost in my memory. It was like
1: it was like seconds
2: later that I heard sirens and. This like, was
1: not long after 9-11 too, right?
2: Oh, that's true, and that was yeah, yeah, yeah. an equally big mistake. The only smart move I made is when they showed up. I heard fire engines coming. There was a, a police, local police first. He came around the corner to the back, and I fessed up to everything. I was like, "That I'm going to be honest with you. I know why you're here. I know why you're mad, and that was the worst idea." ever, you know, and he, they were so mad and this, you know, then firemen come and uh, the whole thing happens and then eventually state troopers have to come. And then the DEA came the next day, but that's a different thing. And, uh, but we were standing around the pit, which is still exists on this property. It essentially created a large crater, crater, you know, like a smoking crater. And after they'd realized that I was completely contrite and that this whole thing was a mistake, you know, there, there were firemen standing around. They had to use their handheld fire extinguishers just to put this fire thing out, you know. And uh, <laughs> we were standing, and everybody was kind of staring into the pit and the fire, you know, we were all kind of, it was late. And um, one of the firemen asked me, and I was I was a little drunk and a little tired, and everybody was kind of like, it was traumatic, you know. And he asked me, hey, why did you do it, though? What made you do it? And I said, you know that low rumble sound you get when you hear like at a rock concert that hits you right in the stomach? I love that sound. And he went... And, like three of the dudes, three of the firemen all went like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And I thought, okay, I think they're going to be, I think we're going to be all right there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. That's great. So that went on. And then there was a lot of follow up and stuff, but my neighbors didn't speak to me for the longest time. And I met a guy the
1: like two years guy, later, I can't imagine why <laughs> oh, dogs
2: were barking, car alarms were going off. And I met a guy who lived on the river in this house that was dangerously close to the river. It's now gone. The flood of 2010 took his little shack essentially away. But he, he said it created a reverberation on the ground and water came into his house from the river, it, like lapped over. Oh and, wow. Yeah. It was, it's powerful <laughs> and a really bad idea. So don't blow up dynamite. Here's
0: there. the funny thing about that story that I find so fascinating is like, you didn't know, you know, you, you don't have the experience with dynamite, right? No, but this guy worked at the quarry yeah. and had dynamite yeah. in his shed
2: but he also had a cigarette in his mouth when he was laying out the
0: <laughs> laying out the
2: wires and everything yeah well that guy was the guy that's the real trouble because you're not really supposed to have that so
0: right yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but also you have to assume he's the one that knows what a stick of dynamite's going to do
2: like I mean, he just thought it's not my property and I'm going to make a run for it and he did it was bad oh that's insane
0: it was insane and also you know since you fessed up to everything 15 years ago or whatever the statute of limitations yeah, doesn't exactly. really matter you already
1: Yeah, the authorities were there. The the, the authorities were there in space. That's the most
0: ridiculous story that has ever been told on this show. And and I love it. They had to
2: search the house uh, later. And I got told that they were coming, but um, they had to go through the house because they need to find out if you have other weapons of destruction anywhere, you know? And uh, that was was rough because I had to, you know, think about it for
0: a second. (laughs) And how long had you been in town?
2: Oh, like not long, a week.
0: Yeah. so that's, you know, that's one way to make a name for yourself for sure uh, but I definitely
2: after, it, it ruined me with my neighbors I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that <laughs> yeah. much you know, um, but I think they all got over it eventually um, and to this day I feel like I probably would have done it again anyway
0: because <laughs> it was yeah. kind of fun too you know? or you like, just start using it as a moniker you know you could be dynamite <laughs> Mark Douglas Berardo <Burrata. laughs> yeah, yeah, with, were a with an actual well. yeah.
1: reason that's I like true. it because I've used that defense myself, usually with <clears throat> traffic incidents. <laughs> <laughs> when you know, all of a sudden the state trooper it's like, do you know how you pull pulling over? Yes, I do, officer. I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> just, I guess I'm, I'm aware. That uh, I'm, I'm, idiot. I'm an idiot, so do what you got to do. I realize that, you know what, I, I know exactly what it, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs>
2: that recently happened to me, actually, near the um, uh, the gas station, uh, Evans Mobile, it was early morning, I'd gotten a, I just was waking up and I got a cup of coffee and I was driving and I pulled to an in, inter, the intersection that's there where you can see C.C. O'Brien's in the distance and there was a state trooper, not a regular police officer, but a state trooper parked watching the intersection for some reason and I saw him and I waved at him, he made eye contact with through his window and I rolled through the stop sign and he turned his lights on and pulled me over right in front of C.C. C. O'Brien's and when he came walking over to the car, I was already laughing. Because I knew exactly what I did. And he just came up real slow with the hat, real scary. And he said, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, I have a really good idea why. And he oh, said, man, yeah. I needed mostly to pull you over to see what kind of guy would see me, wave at me, and roll through the stop sign. And I went, <laughs> it was me. I knew <laughs> what I did. <laughs> I'm completely guilty. I'm aware of it. Oh, and man,
1: then, yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah. And then he said,
2: uh, he, I said, well, uh, in my defense, you kind of were blocking the uh, intersection. I had to see around you to see if a car was coming. He said, it's my fault now? And I'm like, no 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 no. no, 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 I'm not suggesting it was your fault. I take full responsibility. <laughs> no, 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 no. He no. let me go and walked back to the car, and I heard him laugh, so I thought,
0: okay, I got away with that one, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, will you play us another song? Yeah, sure. Um,
2: yeah, why not? I don't know which song. Here's the thing. Let me do this for you. We got
1: time, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what? If it it doesn't I do, dude, we get as much time as we want, you know, if, if we we break up the episodes sometimes and we have to break it up to three five who cares
2: and All right. what? well I'll play you a, um, sort of a story song about a guy that I met in I lived in Northern California in Santa Cruz California in the hills above Santa Cruz called Bonnie Dune and it was a really a, like a hippie enclave you know it was the place where like Volkswagen's Vans went to like live At the end of their life You know it was that kind of place And so I used to sit in this place The Brook, Brookdale Lodge It's probably still there And I met this guy uh, Named Lightning And I made up this song about him I don't know if it's all true But again It doesn't have to be all true
1: right? Artistic license
3: 1966 The world was just waking up and coming to San Francisco the Beatles played candlestick and everything was feeling brand new the Beatles had all left North Beach and the scene had moved to the park in the middle of all that my man lightning lit up the dark he was born Charlie McChristy in an East Coast suburban town He was a country club kid with a silver spoon Playing on the fresh-cut ground All the teachers called him brilliant And all the girls, they loved his face But he could not feel the love inside First chance he got, he lit up out of that place Like lightning He was flashing And he's off and on And then he was gone, yeah Took a scholarship to San Francisco State Had all the promise in the world But he soon discovered pills In the carousel ballroom And free love girls And it didn't take long to change him Lightning, stop going to class. A few hits of Owsley will do that to you. A few hits of that will put you on your ass. Well, his hippie friends, they called him a lightning. And that suited him just fine. In fact, his mind was moving fast and always working overtime. See, he had the idea. For the space phone and personal arithmetic machine. But the drugs kept the genius bottled up. They remained just dreams. He could not bottle the, the lightning. That was a flashing off and on. Rather than a, he was gone. They were throwing around the I Ching They were dancing around the fire It would be hard to find a place on Earth That wasn't getting any higher Got your LSD, Mescalito Lightning passed that acid test But he could not feel the love inside It left him disillusioned and depressed Yeah, the 60s, they slid into the 70s And lightning drifted further west To a beach shack in Lahaina But by then he was just a mess And the dope was replaced by hard liquor And an anger inside To him the free love dream was over To him it was a lie Yeah, he drowned one night in Kauai Drunk on stolen cheap champagne His Hawaiian friends at the funeral Didn't know his real name But That's just a thumbnail sketch of lightning man he came and then he went See, one minute you're here Then you disappear Your life lost in the firmament You're like lightning You are flashing And you're off and on And then you are gone And you're like Nick. You are flashing And you're off and on And then you are gone
1: Love songs with stories. That's that's why I particularly like Lyle Lovett. Yeah, you know, and, well, and, sure. and
0: let's hope that it didn't turn out that way for Lightning. <laughs> yeah. For that, you know, for you're the a keen
2: observer because that that last part's made up. Yeah, oh, I don't know guy. what happened to him. I really. Oh,
1: don't. really? Uh, it's like ooh. it just
2: seemed like a conglomeration of other people oh, I great. knew from that time. Yeah, a lot of them ended up in Hawaii. You know, not um, uh, a bad
1: place to end up.
2: You know, they all lived around San Francisco and stuff. That sort of. Those particular characters of that generation, and they and Hawaii you know, was the next logical step. So
1: yeah, yeah,
2: that's just the way I see it. Anyway,
1: <laughs> so there was a big contingent of people that kind of uh, surfers. There's actually a little surfing haven in El Salvador. You know, I oh was for going sure, to El yeah, Sal- yep, and, and the, Costa yep.
2: Rica and El Salvador, yep, yep and and
1: El Salvador, and, and you can literally go to El. I mean, I was in the plane one guy, guy going back, he goes, oh, I had so much. I'm gonna go back, sell my truck for five hundred dollars, I can come back here for, for two months. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, because the weather's so good, I mean you can literally rent two trees ten feet apart, put a hammock apart, you know, and just and sit there at night. You're good. You're good. Yeah.
2: Well, that's the dream for some people. Yeah. You know? Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> I've always thought so, you know. Yeah. Um we're almost out of time All right, we for need to this do episode. We do. We're gonna uh, we're gonna do that right now. <laughs> um, we have to do something. Wonderful transition, Doug. Uh, so this episode is it's also brought, this episode is also brought to you in part by Boneyard Barbecue in Ashway. Boneyard Barbecue in Ashway has an awesome uh, open mic themselves on Wednesday nights. Doug, you
1: went this week. I did. They just changed they We're on Sunday afternoons, which probably not the best idea during football season. <laughs> but they but they quickly realized their error of their ways let's say and they moved it to Wednesday and I went there on Wednesday just to check out the, the new time and they were doing fine
0: that's awesome and they also have a great selection of food um, wonderful wings and wasabi
1: uh, cucumber very good
0: yep and uh, all sorts of all sorts of specials um, check them out Boneyard Barbecue in Ashway uh, it's a great time nice all right, so uh, where can people find you? Where can people listen to your music?
2: Oh, well, all the obvious places, I would say. Um, I have a website, of course, and that's markdouglas.com, M-A-R-C, Douglas, D-O-U-G-L-A-S, dot .com. And then, um, you know, uh, everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, uh, all that stuff. And there's links to all of those things on the web page. Um, yeah, you know, the records are available iTunes, Amazon, all the really all the normal spots. There's stuff on YouTube. Not enough stuff on YouTube, but there's stuff and uh, and um, full schedule of gigs. Usually,
1: yeah. We will have Mark back, and in the next episode, we have him back. We'll talk talking about what is uh, CDs that he has. How many CDs do you have out? Uh, I I think
2: seven. I think seven? I'm in the middle See, of working gonna, on gonna, number eight. I
1: would say I, I would have guessed four. No. Uh, but cool. Uh, I, I, I have one or I think two. I'm, I'm behind. I'm behind, I guess. My first yeah. one was 1990,
2: not, not, 97, 98, something like that. So then right. there was a bunch in a row. And then, you know, All right. so they well, that's,
1: a, it, that's for next time. See, we already got them hooked in for next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, everybody, thanks for tuning in. And we will be back soon.